Thank you for listening in right now. Glad you could join us. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's have a conversation. Connect with Greener Thoughts online by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in the show notes. You can also connect via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. All right, welcome back, everyone. So I want to get started with um, why I wanted to do the podcast episode uh, today in this moment and why uh, the um, distance as far as podcast episodes and them being sort of sporadic and not really have been uploaded um, in quite a while. Uh, I want to get to... Uh, you know, the reasons as to them, and one of them is because of a uh, time. When I was working in my uh, full-time position, uh, which I'm not anymore, thank goodness, um, and I'm currently, you know, looking for one um, as of right now, uh, it kind of minused uh, the amount of time that I was able to, you know, successfully record, edit, and even research for the episodes, you know, and sometimes, you know, after working, you know, my shift, then I would be so tired or I'd have to wait until the next day to come up with, um, you know, great episodes. And so I felt like I wasn't putting forth um, all the effort that I could have been because uh, working somewhere that was kind of stressful, kind of um, not the best to keep up with as far as with my podcast. So I felt like that was a reason. Um, and then throwing in the coronavirus is the second reason. Uh, throwing in that into the mix, kind of, um, it's been good and bad for the podcast because there is more content to talk about uh, and, and reasons to inform. Um, but also it's devastating because uh, the, the the people who are most affected, um, they're really hurting right now. And so... Um, it's a double-edged sword with the coronavirus. You know, there are a lot of people who aren't going to be here next year. A lot of people couldn't say, you know, uh, bye to their loved ones for the final time. There are a lot of people who are homeless because the coronavirus has taken their, their work. So um, there's a lot to, you know, sort of blame on the coronavirus in this horrible pandemic. Um, and everyone's touched by it. No one can say that they're not. You know, either you have someone who's who's died because of it, who's been, you know, deathly sick, uh, who's recovered and is not the same anymore, um, and other other reasons. So, um, the coronavirus has impacted my life. So it's it's not um, you know, anything positive what's happened. And I'm really sad that um Greener Thoughts has taken such a break. And so uh, going forward these these podcast episodes are gonna be uh kind of retroactive. So uh, since these episodes are kind of months in it in the future, I guess you could say, I'm doing them um, previous to the months that I miss. So it could be kind of weird. So I'll just put in each uh, podcast episode uh, announcement to the little uh, notes 
uh, about it being a retroactive episode until I am caught up or um, I'm able to uh, make it to the present day in podcast episodes uh, for Greener Thoughts. So it won't be too confusing. I'll try to maintain normalcy and try to keep a schedule or at least do episodes and um, they look um, correct and they have the correct news um, up to that point of that day. So I won't be reporting on news, you know, months in advance and then they look dated from before. I really hope that that is a concise uh, answer and explanation as to why I haven't been um, podcasting so much. It really, um, you know, was on my mind for some time because I felt like I was disappointing um, the faithful viewers uh, or the listeners, I should say, of Greener Thoughts. And it, it was something that I needed to do and finish. So it's ongoing and I hope to make you all proud or prouder of me, and I thank you for listening. So I want to start off with uh, the first uh, couple announcements for this episode, in that um, Women's History Month was back in March, so it's good for uh, women everywhere. Shout-outs to us. Uh, next is Arbor Day. If you didn't know, Arbor Day is March the 12th. And third and lastly, International Day of Action for Rivers is on March the 14th. So uh, in the future, if you, you know, love rivers and you want to stand by them and protect them, that is the International Day to do so on March 14th. Next is the segment, Headlines from the Hemispheres. It's a quick briefing on environmental news globally. This is where we talk about the headlines that are kind of eye-catchy, but also uh, in snippets that you can uh, learn about them on the fly and sort of uh, absorb the information there. Really easy to do. Um, so the first headline is all about uh, this new study in the estimates of the coronavirus and its incubation period. So new study on coronavirus or COVID-19, I'll refer to it as coronavirus, uh, estimates one uh, 5.1 days for incubation period. And there's more on this uh, article on sciencedaily.com. In the science news section, you can check it out. So the average time for exposure or from exposure that point to symptoms affirms earlier estimates and supports the CDC's current 14-day quarantine period. So from a new study led by researchers at John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, about 97.5% of people who develop symptoms of SARS-CoV-2 infection will do so within 11.5 days of exposure. And the researchers estimated that for every 10,000 individuals quarantined for 14 days, so for two weeks, uh, only about 101 would develop symptoms after being released from quarantine. Next is that freshwater mussels are dying and no one knows why. You can learn more about that article on npr.org. So, fun fact, just if you didn't know, is that invasive mussel infestations also threaten native mussel populations. That's not surprising. And they do so by attaching to the native species and smothering them. That's kind of brutal. 
and that was a fact uh, from the Invasive Muscle Collaborative. And so there are uh, muscles called freshwater muscles, and they play a critical role in keeping freshwater clean. So they do a bunch of things. And nowadays, though, they are in great danger, and there's no solution uh, in sight for how to uh, save them. So since 2016, there has been a massive die-off of mussels in the Clint River. And in one section of the river, uh, it's a pretty huge river, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service estimated that pheasant-shelled mussels, that's a particular type of mussels, they are dead in, in the hundreds of thousands, which is pretty shocking. And so these creatures... Uh, they are nature's uh, burger filters. They filter and do their job for the river. And they filter all types of things that you would find in a river or a water source like that, like pharmaceutical drugs, uh, pesticides, flame retardants, E. coli, um, and they do other filtering of other types of things. And they reduce dead zones. Um, they sequester carbon. They filter... Um, about 15 gallons of water daily. So uh, mussels are necessary. And then the last and third headline is that study reveals positive connection between nature experiences and happiness. And you can learn more about that news article on sciencedaily.com, also in the science news section. So a team of researchers from the National University of Singapore, NUS, uh, analyzed over 31,500 photographs across 185 countries on social media, and they revealed that these photographs uh, that were tagged as uh, hashtag fun or hashtag vacations and hashtag honeymoons are more likely to contain elements of nature, such as plants or water and also natural uh, landscapes, as compared to photos tagged hashtag daily or hashtag routines. All right, so the uh, news for this particular podcast episode is sourced from none other than treehugger.com. It's one of my favorite sources for all things green, all things news concerning the environment. And so the reason for this episode is none other than it's simple. You know, the coronavirus is crazily... Uh, creepy and it's contagious and it you know could be um, something that uh, uh, will affect us all for years and years to come like we don't even know the ramifications of what this virus could do and so I know that there's a lot to learn um, a lot that we already know there are some things that people obviously take for granted and then there are some myths I think that we should dispel um, in the hysteria surrounding this virus because there are a lot of people who aren't taking it seriously. And so I'm here to combat that. And I'm, I'm here with you all and we can work together in, you know, learning about these myths and how we can uh, get some truths to people and share some good information. So I want to jump into uh, the first couple of myths. So this is a viral overload of myths. There are so many to cover. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're going to cover a handful uh, of uh, the ones that we know about. And so the first myth is that cold weather and snow can kill the new coronavirus. Uh, the fact is that cold weather and snow cannot kill uh, the new coronavirus. 
So the best way to protect yourself against the new coronavirus is by frequently cleaning your hands with alcohol-based uh, hand rubs, so that alcohol-based uh, hand sanitizer that you may have, 60% uh, or more is advised, especially coming from the CDC, uh, or traditionally washing with um, warm soap and water, or even hot soap and water. Number two myth is that taking a hot bath prevents the coronavirus. Now, I've never personally uh, heard of uh, that even being true for any virus uh, or bacteria in uh, real life, preventing um, a, a virus or uh, anything such like that. So um, you can just tell that that is false off the bat. So uh, the fact is that taking a hot bath does not prevent the new uh, coronavirus disease. So taking a uh, even too hot of a bath may hurt you, of course. It's, uh, uh, no, uh, that's really you know common sense to not have your bath too, too hot. So again, proper hand washing procedures are what you should definitely do. These are a must. And these you know eliminate the virus where they are on your hands. And they avoid uh, spreading the infection uh, that you could have by touching the places uh, like your mouth, your eyes, or your nose. Number three is that the myth uh, is that the new coronavirus or the coronavirus can be transmitted through uh, goods manufactured in China or, uh, or any other country uh, reporting uh, coronavirus cases. Well, the fact is that the new coronavirus or the coronavirus uh, cannot be transmitted through goods manufactured in China or any other country that reports its cases. The coronavirus can live on surfaces just like other uh, viruses where it is spread for some time and it will do that and the thing is that it is likely that the virus will persist on that surface after being moved, traveled, and exposed to uh, in different conditions and temperatures so you have to be careful. If you're moving from place to place, different temperatures, make sure that you're sanitizing, make sure that you are you know social distancing, things like that. There are other measures that we'll get into a little bit later but uh, just so you know the coronavirus cannot be transmitted via goods uh, or um, uh, from any other country uh, that happens to have uh, virus cases. Number four is that the myth is that the coronavirus can be transmitted through mosquitoes. So thankfully, the fact is that it cannot. Um, so as it's a respiratory virus, we all know our respiratory system is within our lungs. So the coronavirus spreads primarily through droplets uh, generated uh, when an infected person coughs or sneezes or through droplets or saliva or discharge from the nose. So you can get it via those pathways uh, in your nose, uh, where you're, whether you're coughing um, through the mouth. There was a reported case, I think, somewhere where I think a man had um, uh, exposure via his eyes, pretty sure. So uh, that's one of the places that people, uh, like before, they do touch um, their face a lot. You know, I'm, I'm guilty. I do touch my face, my cheeks. You know, I, I look at my skin. Uh, to make sure it's okay and it's a habit sometimes it's kind of you know awful and that's something i need to work on especially now but um, again the fact of the matter is that the coronavirus spreads through um, your virus the virus spreads uh, through your respiratory uh, tract 
and via that way, via the air. Number five is that uh, the myth is that hand dryers are effective in killing the virus. Well, no, hand dryers are not effective in killing the coronavirus. That is said, uh, you should always, of course, clean them. Make sure that you're washing with soap and water and it's, it's clean water and you are drying them properly. Um, you know, whether cold, I mean, that's up to your discretion. I use warm water. I really don't trust cold water and wash my hands. And as mentioned before, uh, using that alcohol sanitation base, a 60% alcohol. Um, and then once your hands are cleaned, you can uh, paper, paper towel them or use an air dryer, though um, alternatively, I air dry my hand just to you know create less waste, or you could use something like a reusable towel or something maybe in your you know bathroom or something that you use, and of course you wash that frequently. Number six is the myth that ultraviolet disinfection lamps should be used to sterilize hands. So I don't know anyone who has an ultraviolet uh, lamp, and so I don't even know how those could be used uh, for disinfecting anything. So the fact is with that, that UV lamps should not be used to sterilize hands or other areas of skin as UV radiation can cause skin irritation. Seventh myth is that thermal scanners are divisive in uh, detecting the new uh, coronavirus, the coronavirus. Um, well, the fact is that with these thermal scanners, I've never, I don't even know who has access to those anyway, but they can uh, detect people who have developed a fever, you know, got some um, headache uh, problems, or, you know, people who have maybe infections, they can detect things like that, but they cannot and do not detect people who have or may be infected uh, with the coronavirus, but they may be experiencing symptoms um, as if they have it. So it can take between two to 10 days before people are even infected to become sick. So, you know, for them even to, you know, develop a fever, they are having problems. So I wouldn't trust a thermal scanner to even detect um, any virus, much less the coronavirus. You should definitely seek medical attention wherever you can. Number eight is the myth of spraying alcohol or even chlorine all over your body to kill um, somehow the coronavirus. The thing is, the fact is, do not do this. This is dangerous. Spraying even any alcohol, chlorine, anything over the body does not kill the viruses that are already in your body. Um, but they can be harmful to uh, the parts of your body that are really, really sensitive, like your mucous membranes, the really, really sticky, wet parts of your body, like your eyes, like your mouth. Number nine is the myth that vaccines against pneumonia can somehow protect you against the coronavirus. So this is just not true. Vaccines against pneumonia, like the pneumococcal vaccine and the hemophilus uh, influenza type B or Hib vaccine, do not protect against the uh, coronavirus, which is pretty new uh, for all of us. 
you know, sadly, this vaccine is, you know, so, so new that it needs really its own vaccine. And so researchers are working on the type of vaccine that can support, um, you know, getting rid of the coronavirus and actually uh, the WHO or uh, WHO, the World Health Organization, is on board with helping researchers get to that point. Now, receiving vaccinations to somehow combat uh, respiratory illnesses is pretty important because that helps you stay on top of your health um, and maintain a strong immune system, among other things that you can do. Number 10 is the myth of somehow regularly rinsing your nose with saline that can, can help prevent uh, infection with the new coronavirus. Well... Um, the fact that you should uh, listen to uh, regarding this is that regular nose rinsing can aid in the recovery of uh, your cold that you may have, which may or may not be related to the coronavirus. But again, uh, things uh, like nose rinsing do not prevent uh, anything going on with respiratory infections. Number 11 is that uh, the myth is that eating garlic can help prevent infection with the coronavirus. So garlic is healthy. I love garlic. I've talked about how my love of garlic is and I have a whole podcast uh, about it, a whole podcast episode about it. And so um, even though uh, garlic is an amazing superfood and it has so many uh, amazing benefits to it, there is no current evidence showing that eating garlic protects you against the coronavirus. It's just not there. Number 12, we're almost to the end here, uh, with the myth is that the uh, coronavirus only affects older people. Well, um, as you've seen, that the truth of what's happening uh, all around you outside is that no, all types of people of all ages can be infected and are being infected right now by this new coronavirus. And so it will mainly affect those who happen to um, be at risk somehow. So by age, sure, that is a huge factor in um, whether they are infected or not. So uh, those who also happen to have pre-existing medical conditions, they're also at risk. So whether they have or you may have maybe asthma, diabetes, heart disease, um, you may have um, pancreatic issues, you may um, have liver issues, whatever underlying medical condition that you have, you are uh, making yourself a little bit more vulnerable in that way. No, um, no cause to you, um, but it's something that the coronavirus is... It's, it's picking on those who happen to be most at risk by no fault of their own. Number 13 is that uh, the myth is that antibiotics are effective in preventing and treating the coronavirus, which this obviously isn't true because uh, the truth is, uh, and it's a fact, that antibiotics do not work against viruses, only of course bacteria. And so uh, you may be hospitalized, though, if you are uh, infected with the coronavirus, and you may receive antibiotics, but those are only because of the possible co-infection that you may get uh, that could uh, spread to you. And number 14, the last uh, myth for you, in fact, is that uh, the myth is that there are specific medicines to prevent and or treat the coronavirus. 
So currently at the present moment, um, there are no specific medicines to really treat or cure or even prevent uh, the coronavirus, but there are some uh, medicines that are, you know, thought to be um, somewhat helpful, um, but they're not um, being tested as of yet. Uh, I will probably do an update podcast episode regarding if any vaccines are going to go to the market, which I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, In 2020, it'll probably happen maybe uh, 2021 or even uh, later than that. So regarding information, if you want to learn more about any specific uh, information talked about in the podcast episode, then the World Health Organization, or WHO, has an amazing link for all of the myths that were mentioned, and you can be sure to copy it, share it, send it to those who are online, your friends, those in the medical community, or maybe even family uh, that would like information about the coronavirus. It's easy. Uh, to disseminate and for you to go ahead and share. I will link it in the uh, podcast notes. So I want to first talk about in my commentary the fact that the coronavirus is so unprecedented. The coronavirus has come at just the right time to expose America's flaws. Flaws in the way we operate our government, Flaws in who we have running our government at the top seat, the top level. And it's dismantling the very relationship that we have with China that we've built and that we've had for decades. And the fact that we've given China, I think, so much power. Because I think a country who has the power to produce uh, goods on our behalf and send them to us could very much control us in big and small ways. Big big ways that we have no idea how they'll they'll look decades down the road. But the fact that this coronavirus has come out has really shattered um I think the 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 veil that the US had in thinking it was impenetrable, thinking that um it could not be stopped. I'm really I'm really shocked. I'm angry. I'm I'm not proud of um, the leadership and what it's done uh, over the past few months and the fact that they were pulling their feet and not uh, taking this seriously. You know, there's so many uh, flaws in government and in the policy and protocols. It's just nowhere that we have to go, but we have to find solutions now. We cannot, you know, pull our feet and 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 complain about, oh, who are we voting for in November? We have to make choices. We have to decide now. And now that most of us um, are either, you know, finding uh, even newer work in the full-time space or trying to make it work at home or even those who are homeless and are really battling and struggling whether to buy medicine or buy food, we all have to get through this. And it's going to be a long time before things even try to um, get us to a new normal. You know, we have to get to a new normal after this is over. And that's the scary part. There's going to be um, a new day in the whole world, not just in the U.S., where we have to uh, have better 
um, biohazard uh, mitigation and biohazard protocols um, have money stacked up so that this never happens again. We're also going through a recession that's caused by the pandemic. That's really never happened before. We've never lived in an age of a pandemic ever, unless it was um, some of the other ones previous, uh, which I can remember, like swine flu, for example. But uh, the pandemic and it, and the coronavirus, it's like we're living uh, in a real life movie, in a real life science fiction movie. And like we're in the movie Contagion with Lawrence Fishburne. It's gotten to that level. Um, I think that um, in the months to come, there's going to be even more topics that I want to delve into. Um, so I want to um, talk about what I wanted to talk about a little bit later um, in the months to come. So that will be definitely um, something to uh, peep your ears to. I think that the coronavirus has been boxing with the U.S. and we've been knocked out. We are totally ill-prepared. Um, for what's happening. There are deadly states in states that do not care um, as far as the, the, the residents of those states. They don't care how the virus is impacting other people and they do not care to protect themselves. I know because there were so many people um, located in Ocean City, Maryland, which is, um, I think, east to me, east to me, well, I live in Southern Maryland, and um, it it shocked me the amount of people who didn't have masks on, who disregarded social distancing, like you were telling them that they had to uh, pay taxes uh, just for going outside. And even though it's a lovely spring uh, day, it's great weather, it's not the time to be lacking when it comes to your health. There are people who were... Um, you know, younger than uh, adolescents, you know, uh, 12 year olds, 11 year olds getting sick, dying. You know, there are people who are way older, people in their 30s, late 20s, all these type of ages, 70s, uh, 60s, and they're dying from the coronavirus or they're dying from complications of the coronavirus. This is not to be uh, taken for a joke. And so when I see states like New York, who who uh, are burying their dead in the Bronx, in other boroughs, or where you have to claim bodies or else they will be buried and you won't know where they are. Um, that's, that's horrific. Like, I would never want to live in a state that sure has gotten to that, that point where they have some of the highest numbers, but we have to take this more seriously. California has to take it seriously. Florida, it's insane. I'm scared for Florida. And we all know Florida is pretty crazy, especially with all the meth heads running around. But also they get a bad reputation. And then in Texas, Texas is big. It does its own thing if it wants to. But you've got some of the leaders there that they got to change things around. Like, this is serious. And all these states that I mentioned, um, they're breaking records with the, the people who are infected. Um, I want to talk about why... Um, you know, the risk to health is huge, of course, but also um, things like going to Disney World, that can wait. I know we all love Disney World. I want to go. Um, I, I'm a Disney um, lover and I, I'm a millennial, so 
you know, growing up in 92, you know, you grew up with uh, all the uh, Disney um, amenities and the movies that you could just, you know, lust after. So Aladdin, um, you know, Snow White, um, all these type of movies, these are where I grew up on. So I get it. You want to endure your spring break. You want to live like it's no tomorrow. YOLO for sure. I get it. But maybe Disney can wait a few other summers or a few other spring breaks into the future. Even even summer too. Because who doesn't love the summer? Who doesn't love going to Florida or Disney World or vacationing? I get it. But this is not the time to be going to Disney World. You may not even make it to your next birthday to even go to Disney World if things get out of hand. You know, and in, in, in the coronavirus, the amount of people inf and infected uh, is in the millions. So this is this is no joke here. And this is global against the pandemic. So uh, there are so many people uh, infected and also affected that we have to be careful. You have to treat the coronavirus as if you could get it, as if you already um, are, are susceptible. There was a, a news story of this woman She's a brunette woman. She had uh, uh, trouble getting out of her home. She didn't really feel safe. She had health issues. I think she was in her later uh, 40s or so, or late 30s. And so she um, got infected by way of the uh, delivery food person. So the person who was delivering her food, she got it that way. And so she doesn't look like uh, she's you know, really able to go anywhere and somehow she's infected and she's probably already passed away by now. So you have to pretend as if everything or every person coming into contact with you could put you at risk. So um, for me, I would definitely limit interactions. Um, you know, celebrities have gotten the coronavirus. Um, like, for example, Tom Hanks. Um, others too, but he comes to my mind like right now. So be careful. A uh, message to those who are anti-maskers anti or anti-maskers. Um, you know, my question to you or for anyone who knows any of those who hate masks, um, why would you risk your health just to be defiant? Why would you risk your health just to be an anti-masker? What does that prove? Do you want to be, you know, six feet under or six feet above ground? You choose. You choose. There are people who are making rash decisions all because they want to live for tomorrow and all because they don't want their, their rights to be taken away. That, that somehow the U.S. is, is, is infringing upon their rights to, to healthy, clean air. Air that could be infected and you may not even know it, but you wouldn't know because you don't want to listen and put on your mask. Everyone has to put on their mask. Everyone was early on given orders to stay at home and for those who who are essential workers or who, who or who were um you know depending on your job position job title um you are given you know special hours or different schedules to work you're an essential worker you still get paid for everyone else you know you're either trying to find a job trying to uh, get on unemployment trying to make it work trying to stretch your meals trying to save or sell things to stay in your home all these things are happening people are being affected and for those who happen to be callous and not wear masks, maybe you don't care. Maybe you are misinformed. Maybe you think people are infringing on your rights. But think of other people. Think of your, your grandmas, your mimas, your aunts, your uncles, your aunties, your, your cousins, your, your daughters, your, your brothers, your sons. 
all those because you're of your callousness. They don't deserve to be infected and possibly have their immune systems compromised for longer than necessary and never the same because of your refusal to wear masks. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to everyone else. It's not a time to be selfish. I don't want to hear, oh, that my my freedom is being, um, you know, compromised. I don't want to hear, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that, oh, I feel like I'm, I'm being uh, a slave at home. Do not compare slavery to the coronavirus and the expectations that you are to uphold because we're in a pandemic. I went off on uh, my Facebook, rightfully so, and I was supported by this meme of this lady saying it's slavery to stay at home. It's not. I went off. And I will go off on anyone who decides to compare the two because they are not the same. Similar does not mean equal. Slavery is so different than the pandemic. Slavery was forced upon an entire people group. Forced kidnapping. For labor that was not paid. In exchange for work that was done. The coronavirus, regarding that... For you to protect yourselves and to wear a mask, that's an order that has nothing to do with slavery. I could really go in, but I'm going to save that for another podcast because there's some social justice issues that I want to get into because those are going on as of right now. And because this is a retroactive episode, I'm going to end this right here and we're going to get into some other things in the Mother Earth Minutes. All right, so we've come to the Mother Minutes, which is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and protect Mother Earth. So the message for this podcast episode is that if possible, and stay home, that's what is advised, but if not, please be masked. This is the time to protect yourself, protect others, do what you were supposed to do. Don't worry about, oh, it doesn't look nice or, oh, it's wasteful. There are options for you. You can either get the disposable masks. There are washable fabric masks. There are embroidered upon masks. So those are a little bit tricky. They're the masks where you're going to have them and you know probably have them for years. All you have to do is take care of them. You have options. Now, I don't have a comprehensive list of all the masks that are out there. But uh, probably in future uh, podcast episodes, again, I'll do updates as far as if there are any vaccines regarding the coronavirus. And I'll probably uh, update in other ways, too, regarding it. And so I'll probably have all the information for you at another time. For right now, I want to get into some easy solutions that everyone should kind of know. But if you haven't, they're all here in one place. so You never really forget it. All you have to do is share the podcast episode or keep it on lock or just share the notes um, or write them down so you have them in one place. So the first solution, really easy, is to avoid close contact with people who are sick. Now, how do you know if someone is sick? Well, like I said before, assume that everyone is sick. That's how you best protect yourself. Even the people who say they don't um, are good sick easily, or maybe they'll have mild symptoms, or they already uh, tested positive but are out of the hospital, no. People can get reinfected. 
You know, people um, can oh, forget that they had their tests done and kind of forget, okay, um, uh, what happened before? I'm not sure uh, of the instructions regarding my test. And, you know, next thing you know, you're putting yourself at risk because they failed on their part. Things can get lost in the in the mayhem of what is now coronavirus, the age that we are in. So for all things you have to do, protect yourself. Going outside, mask, gloves, sanitizer, wipes, social distancing, which uh, I've always thought of it as uh, keeping uh, a breathing room or personal space. But this time it's a little bit extra. It's not three feet, two feet, it's six feet, according to the experts. Uh, Number two solution is that you should avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Uh, This is a given, but for those who uh, may have little kids or babies, infants, etc., they are probably going to have trouble uh, avoiding uh, touching their eyes and mouths and uh, their noses. So for you, you should, you know, guide them as a parent. You know, this is the time to be uh, hands-on, but be sanitary about it. So to, you know, monitor your infants, your babies, if you can help it, um, and make sure that they are not in close contact with anyone who may be, sus- who be, who may be suspected of carrying the virus or being infected, or even those who have are, um, or asymptomatic or who, de- who do not have symptoms of uh, the coronavirus, you know, that's even trickier. You know, how do you know who's, um, you know, able to, you know, carry the virus if they're not showing symptoms? So that's where I, you know, protect myself in, you know, being vigilant, just thinking that everyone has or everyone has the ability to get it because um, they may have been in contact with someone else. Uh, like before with that example, the delivery, a uh, food delivery person. It could be your 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 mailman, a male person, male male woman. It could be the um, uh, gas station clerk. It could be the Target clerk. It could be uh, the grocery store clerk. You never know, even though certain businesses. Um, across the nation and across the world. Everyone's taking their precautions, but you should never uh, just put your trust in these businesses, etc., because they're uh, into making money, and tons of them are making money during this pandemic. Um, Next is number three, uh, following the stay-at-home order when you are sick. So for those who are sick, um, you should be able to either get medical attention or if you have have, uh, received medical attention uh, to follow all the orders of your medical professionals that are assisting you, your doctors also, or emergency room staff, your nurses that are there, they are putting their lives on the risk for you. Uh, and, and there are plenty, if not hundreds, if not thousands, um, probably all over the world who have put their lives at risk so much or constantly and they have no, they have safeguards to protect themselves, sure, but they're dying uh, also because they um, have been put at risk through no, through no error coming from their side because they're professionals and they know how to uh, safeguard themselves, but somehow the coronavirus has snuck through and has you know infected them and potentially if they're older and some um, staff who are even younger um, are being infected and aren't recovering and are passing away so if you can seek attention when you can get it earlier um, is better 
and you know I suggest maybe the mornings as early as possible um, versus when the crowds are there and it's the afternoon or even the evening because that's when you don't want to get caught up amongst all the other people who could be infected who are there um, and they can't see their loved ones because again everyone has to be quarantined because they could be at risk and they're treated as such. Number four is to cover your uh, cough or any sneeze that you have with a tissue and then throwing the tissue in the trash. Um, you could, you know, cough in your uh, you know, elbow, what that's the thing that most people do or should be doing at least. Um, but then if you have a tissue and you, you know, have that, I always flush them when, ca- when I can because I never really trust a trash can because the virus is still there and they're kind of in the air if you're throwing the tissue in the trash. So I always flush it to be sure. Um, and then as far as um, using your elbow, that's a thing. People do um, use that. Or if you have maybe a handkerchief, make sure that you have multiple so you can put them in um, the washing machine uh, somewhere where you can wash it properly. Number five is to clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and things that you happen to touch on, any surfaces and these um, that you could use by cleaning just with a simple uh, spray wipe uh, or, or wipe, I should say, or a spray device. So whatever um, means that you use for cleaning, make sure that you do it now if you haven't already. I know there are people who are super clean freaks, people who love a clean space. I love a clean space. And so making sure that you're wiping your countertops, uh, any uh, handles, uh, refrigerator handles or uh, sink handles, bathroom handles, uh, things like that, cleaning or even your bathrooms, things like that. Any space um, that's frequently touched anyway you should be wiping down and, and disinfecting, but definitely do that even for the um, entrance to your home or even your car, just to be careful. You could also do so with your workspace at work because people do interact a lot at work, especially around their spaces or common areas, office uh, spaces, meeting rooms, things like that. So if you are still working and are deemed an essential worker or maybe work from home or something of that sort, this is the time to disinfect your space. Number six before the last one, number seven is with number six is to wash your hands again uh, with that warm water hot water and some soap clean uh, water great soap you know that actually can work uh, for your hands try not get something that uh, is very rough for your hands because after all the hand washing that you may do uh, being maybe paranoid or being a hypochondriac or um, any other um, way that you you know, wash your hands frequently, just try doing so for 20 seconds or the ABC song. That's usually what works. Um, and then, uh, you know, do it after, you know, going to the bathroom, before eating, blowing your nose, uh, coughing, sneezing. These are a given. These are things that you're supposed to do. But all this information is here so you know and have it uh, with you. And again, if soap, for example, isn't available uh, for you or around where you are, or maybe you're in a location where it's not at all accessible, then carrying next 60% alcohol-based hand sanitizer is a must. And so you can always, um, you know, wash your hands with uh, soap and water, though, if your hands are visibly dirty because hand sanitizer um, does work. But at the same time, simultaneously, it may not work all the time. And after a while, you may uh, gain some resistance uh, in using uh, hand sanitizer all the time. 
number seven, the last solution is that face masks are your friend. So these can uh, be used, of course, to prevent the symptoms of the coronavirus uh, from spreading uh, to other people. That's actually a really high number, 88 to I think 90% plus. I saw in a recent uh, news uh, reporting is based on some research uh, of the spread um, of coronavirus uh, not happening uh, because of the uh, use of high uh, percentages of face masks. So this uh, coronavirus would all stop spreading to the rate that it is um, if people just would wear masks. That's like the number one uh, thing to uh, do. So you know, even though um, it it is the number one uh, easy. Uh, task to do and solution for anyone who uh, may be having doubts. Um, though if you are not well or feeling well, I would still wear one, but seek, of course, medical attention. And those who even are, are, are asymptomatic, again, who do not have symptoms, traditional of the coronavirus or having other symptoms, um, they um, aren't really... Um, they can still wear a mask, sure, but this is to protect everyone involved, even if you think you don't or cannot show symptoms. Uh, lastly is that I want to share this amazing link uh, via the CDC. If you go to cdc.gov and go to their hand washing uh, section, it's forward slash hand washing forward slash, you'll be able to see all the guidelines that I mentioned about uh, hand washing for you and for those who um, are my international lister- listeners and who are abroad. Um, you know, check with your um, health or um, your center that controls and monitors and implements protocol when it comes to pandemics, biohazards, and other ailments that affect people, us, and, you know, safeguard you. fact of the day is that greenhouse gas emissions in the United States dropped by 2.1% in 2019, driven almost entirely by an 18% drop in the use of coal, which saved more than 26,000 lives between 2005 and 2016. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the March-April 2020 issue. If you would like me to go ahead and review your environmentally related product or service and get your ideas out there, you can just let me know, of course, by voice message on Anchor or by email, of course. So right now, I want to introduce to you, if you haven't already heard, of an amazing company I love, 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 and I want for you to go ahead and check out. And this company is called Redwood Hill Farm. So it was founded by a Miss Jeffany Bice over 50 years ago. And so Red Hill Farm was crafted from the goodness that is from, from goats. And it was all the way since 1964. And it was started as an amazing 4-H program that was built on raising goats and supporting the 4-H's mission of empowering youth and, of course, their development via the 4-H's that they have as their motto. So the head, heart, hands, and health. 
By 1970, Redwood Hill Farm first produced the first goat milk kefir in the U.S., and in 2005, Redwood Hill Farm became the first goat dairy to become certified humane. And this is a rigorous animal welfare certification that was awarded by the Humane Farm Animal Care. In the year 2015, Redwood Hill Farm was acquired by Swiss dairy maker Emmy, which is a 108-year-old co-op. Regarding the sustainability and commitment of sustainability of Redwood Hill Farm, it has a number of things going for it. The first is its renewable energy. Now, the creamery is one thing, and it runs on 100% renewable energy, and it's powered by 2,548 solar panels, just to be exact. Now, also, in its in addition to its uh, solar component that it has going for it, it also runs on the sources of geothermal power and also wind power for its creamery. This annually offsets about 810,840 a thousand pounds of uh, CO2 annually and it saves or is equal to uh, saving about 110 acres of trees or taking 54 cars off the road. Now regarding the packaging, Redwood Hill Farm does amazing with its packaging because all of it is recyclable and it's free of the harmful BPA and BPS, PVC, and other things like phthalates. Uh, and also it doesn't contain uh, chloride, which is released traditionally when dioxins are heated up and burned. Number three, uh, it also preserves resources. So wherever it can, Redwood Hill Farm does that, and it is a certified California green business, and they're located in California, and their facility is amazing. With, again, it's top-notch recycling, it has eco-friendly hand sanitizers, it has two vehicle charging stations, and more. Number four thing it has going for it is the animal welfare that it strongly advocates for. Uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, as part of this, they are, of course, uh, certified humane by the Humane Farm Animal Care, and they were so back in 2005. Number five and last thing is that they're all about community. So for three decades, for 30 long years and more, um, Redwood Hill Farm uh, has supported youth and agricultural organizations, local health needs, and environmental causes since its inception. Regarding its products that it carries and all that it has as far as amazing uh, kefir and yogurt, uh, it has tons of different products. I'm going to get to the 6 ounce products that it has because it has a few different flavors. It has the blueberry uh, goat milk yogurt, the plain goat milk yogurt, the strawberry goat milk yogurt, and the vanilla goat milk yogurt in 6 ounces. Uh, containers and then they have the uh, 32 ounces in uh, two different flavors regarding uh, the milk yogurt. It has the plain uh, goat milk yogurt and also has the vanilla uh, goat milk yogurt. And then lastly, it has in 32 ounce uh, sizes blueberry pomegranate acai goat milk kefir and the 32 ounce also plain cultured uh, goat milk kefir. And then lastly, the vanilla goat milk kefir that it has. 
Uh, regarding my experience uh, firsthand of Redwood Hill Farm products, I fell for the um, cultured goat milk kefir, and it comes in the 32 ounces, and it's the plain uh, cultured uh, goat milk kefir that it has, and it's really uh, drinkable. So a kefir is just a, a drinkable beverage um, coming, of course, from goats or even from cows too, um, but it's a little bit thicker uh, when it comes to cows. So, um, I love kefir and I love goats. Like I'm not, I'm not shy about my love for goats. I love the milk. I love the cheese. Uh, I love, uh, even, uh, you know, uh, being of Jamaican, uh, heritage that, you know, uh, gold beef, that gold, um, is really good. Curry is fine. So I'm no stranger to goats in having them in my life. So I love, um, kefir. And so with Redwood Hill Farm, um, I love that their products are just really simply delicious. Like you can't beat something fresh, you know, always quality the same. They have those amazing flavors. For me, I love the plain one. I do want to get to the fruits um, and they're easily accessible for me. Their products are also kosher, uh, which I just forgot to mention a little bit earlier, but nonetheless, they're kosher for anyone who um, who wants to eat uh, uh, kosher products. This is a product for you. So it's safe that way. Um, I love the size. First of all, you get a lot for uh, the amount that you may pay, which is a small amount depending on your store. Uh, usually their products are less than like uh, $7, $6, some of their containers, the 32 ounces especially. Now the six ounces, that's usually uh, three and some three dollars and some change, four dollars and some change, and this is coming from uh, in the U.S., I don't know how it is abroad, but um, they have offices all across, I mean, or I, sh I should say they have the products all across the nation. But I love the size uh, of their products. I've never seen a drink in 32 ounces, and there's tons you can do with it. Um, its portability is 10 out of 10 for me. Um, you know, not everyone likes to, of course, carry around something that's 32 ounces, but you do so, you know, in, in your uh, reusable containers, your canteens or for water. So why not with uh, something that is kefir, you know, you use it at home and drink it like, um, you know, you're supposed to. It's, it's good. And I love it. It's so tasty. It's tart. Um, it's recyclable, the bottle. And so you don't have to worry about any uh, waste going to the landfill or anything like that being incinerated. You can always reuse the container. That's something you can do. Um, and for me, the taste itself is 11 out of 10. So that's a little bit more. But again, that tartness, that tanginess, refreshing, cool taste, I love it. And a paired, paired with food uh, is amazing. Uh, for me, I love, um, now I love doing a stovetop uh, shrimp, which is where you can put some yogurt um, or you can put some kefir in there or maybe a cream like sour cream uh, and then defrosted um, shrimp, some butter, uh, herbs like parsley, kosher salt, and some other ones, maybe like some Old Bay. That's, you know, a Marylander for you, some Old Bay and some other types of spices. And then you, you know, stir it all up and then it's amazing. After a while, you have some of the water components. You can add a little bit some water in there and it evaporates a little bit, but you don't want it to evaporate all the water because then it'll just be butter. But you want it to be like a buttercream and then you add some lime juice or even lemon juice. But I've used lime juice it's amazing the sourness and, and tang and, and amazing flavor that you have uh, with that recipe I just gave you. I just made that 
uh, recipe a few weeks ago and I love it. I made it uh, and I was so sensationalized. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is going in my repertoire. So um, yeah, you could definitely even do even more recipes with the uh, goat milk kefir that they have and their website is the place to go for that. So you can't really go wrong uh, with the recipes that they have there. And like I said before, their uh, goat milk kefir is extremely versatile in cooking it has that depth to it it's definitely creamy and uh it will definitely uh wet your palate and be sensational for it uh, regarding the benefits of a goat's milk there's tons of them and so there's a concise list all on the redwood hill website you can just go to their website uh, at redwood hill and then you can check under goat milk benefits so Redwood Hill Farm locations can be found online at their website redwoodhill.com uh, forward slash store dash finder or you could just go there and then uh, find the tab that says store finder that's the same thing and uh, they're also found at Giant Food uh, Store which is also Giant, they're at Glenn's Organic Market, they're at Mom's Organic Mar Market or Mom's, they're at Publix Safeway, Superstore, ShopRite, Streets Market, Wegmans, Whole Foods Market, Yes Organic, and many, many other stores. Redwood Hill Farm is on the following social media platforms. A Facebook at Redwood Hill Farm and Creamery. They're on Instagram at all at everything lowercase Redwood Hill Farm. They're on LinkedIn at Redwood Hill Farm and Creamery. They're on Twitter at Redwood Hill Farm. And also on YouTube at Redwood Hill Farm. I recently subscribed to them on uh, their YouTube page. Now to contact Redwood Hill Farm, all you have to do is contact them on their page that they have. Or you could just go to the website again, redwoodhill.com forward slash contact forward slash. Thank you for listening in and listening all the way to uh, the end, this amazing information. I had fun producing uh, this episode and it took a bit of time, but uh, when I got back to uh, the episode, I was like, oh, I can't wait to complete this and share this awesome information. Uh, so again, you know, share this if you learned something new or if you enjoyed what you learned here and what we talked about together. If something you know really struck a chord with you, or even if you want to hear more about something that was featured here, um, an idea, or maybe uh, a product, or some method, or something that you know really uh, was familiar to you, or you know share your story of how the uh, coronavirus has affected you. You know I don't get um, all the all the interaction I should say um, now, but um, I do get some. Uh, emails and some voice notes, which I love, and some you know voice messages there. So again, I love uh, being contacted, and that's you know what the show's here for. It's here for exchange of uh, you know talking points of information and to share stories and to talk and to learn from each other. So again, thank you for tuning in, and I hope to talk more soon. And we exchange uh, all that we need to in another podcast episode coming a little bit later. But until then, you all take care and be safe out there. Bye.